Okay, there we go. What are you waiting for? Do it! Triple M. Anti-urine paint. That's right, you heard it. Tonight on the Rubber Room, no piss paint. You know, no one likes public urination. Some fun with the newsroom. However, no players have found themselves behind the wheel of a large automobile. And Peter Kane, dog man extraordinaire, live from New York City, taking your dog calls. Don't use that dog whisper term. Nothing like Caesar Milan. Gazzo with details about the Arcade Fire Bowie Festival. And I'm going to call NASA. Hi, you've reached the NASA newsroom. Hang on, surely somebody didn't try and plagiarise this song. We got that, we got the greatest rock in the history of all mankind. It's the rubber room on Triple M. Any news from Albie Mangles? None yet. Where's Albie Mangles, Sammy X? It's your job to find him. I like the smug look that you've got on your face. I'll find him. Albie! I will find him. I like yesterday when we were trying to find a character. We're trying to find people whose names you haven't heard for a while. And eventually somebody rang up and said, Albie Mangles. And then Sammy X said to me after the show, I thought he was someone from Home and Away. You thought it was a character's name. I got really excited (laughs) because I thought it was someone from Neighbours. Listen, I like to piss my pay up against the wall as much as the next man, unless the next man is Mel Gibson. But not in uh, the East London borough where the local MP there has just installed piss-proof paint. Ferial, and she's on the line. How does it work? It's a new and innovative way of trying to change people's behaviour. Yeah. Um, you know, no one likes public urination. Now, the treatment creates a barrier that repels liquid, meaning that it splashes back off the wall and back onto the offender. Instant karma, as John Lennon would have it. I hope, though, when they demonstrated this to you, that you didn't have to view anything that you wouldn't normally like to look at. I hope they just splashed water on a wall in front of you. No, we use the water bottle to demonstrate this effectiveness. But look, you know, it, it, it works and, you know, it's not the only thing we're doing. There are lots of toilets and urinals during the weekends there. Yeah. So, you know, if pe- people forget to go to the loo before they leave a venue, they should use a public toilet and not these walls. And, and if they do, the walls will get, go back at them. Oh, so, yeah. uh, the walls will have its comeuppance. So it's the anti-pee <laughs> substance made by the US company Ultratech. It creates a near-invisible barrier over the air surfaces. So this is like the barrier that surrounds the Death Star in Star Wars so nobody can shoot missiles at it. I wouldn't know. The barrier is invisible as well, so you wouldn't know if the wall that you're about to wee on, whether it has a coating or not. And do you have a sign? Because people are going to have to be made aware that this is there. Do you have a sign that says, pee off or something like that? No, we are, we're, we're deliberately not putting signs on the walls. Um, we have put up posters around the borough reminding people to use the loos and, and remind that, telling them that this is happening. Brilliant. But ultimately, public urination is illegal, so yeah. we shouldn't be doing it. Once the word gets out around East London, we at your own risk, you know. I'm really hoping so, yes. Don't pee on my parade, baby. That's what I say. Hopefully they'll bring it down under, and I don't mean that in the literal sense. Thank you for having me. Have a lovely day. Thank you. What's going on, Andrew? Hey, Phil, how you going? Good, Ben. I'm just wondering, what this new technical paint. Yeah. Are they assuming that everybody pays straight at a wall, or...? If it came in at an angle, do you think it might circumvent the whole paint technology? Yeah, well, I would never pay straight at a wall, mate. <laughs> <laughs> You've put too much thought into this. 
Uh, there's always going to be splashback if you go straight. Do something with your life, Andrew. <laughs> Do you know what? I was watching the news and I'm still trying to come to terms with the fact that Rupert Murdoch and Jerry Hall are an item. And I've only just managed to get my head around James Packer and Mariah Carey. So he was what I was thinking. We'll open up the phones on one triple three five three, and we'll ask people to come up with the most unlikely pairings. I mean, obviously, there's, you know, not going to happen. Or maybe it will. Maybe you're a soothsayer. Uh, so think of two people who you wouldn't expect to be together, like Jerry Hall and Rupert Murdoch or James Packer and Mariah Carey. I've got two. You ready for mine? Yeah, go on then. Okay, I'll give you my first one first, then you give me yours, and I'll play my trump card, okay? All, All right, right, then. Well, I thought Ida Buttrose yeah. and Malcolm Turnbull. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. would be weird. Yeah, okay, what do you got? Well, I was thinking Courtney Love and Dave Grohl. Oh, that's good, too, because they wouldn't get on. Yeah, they, okay. would, they don't like All right, you ready for my trump card? You ready for this? Yeah, go on. Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. And Jack Black. Okay, Come yeah. on, you'd never get your head around that. No, I can't imagine it. So when you saw the news about James Packer and Mariah Carey being an item, you probably like me, you went, what the f***? Really? And then you found out about Rupert Murdoch and... What was his name? What's the name? The, the Jerry... Jerry Hall. And you said again, what the f***? Well, let's put together some unlikely pairings, Dave. Okay, let's go Donald Trump and Jackie Lambie. Oh, you've just moved the world's axis a little to the left, but I like it. There's our new politicians for Australia, mate. Prime Minister and whatever Jackie Lambie can be. Second lady. Hey, Zach. Yeah. What is it? Clint Eastwood and Nikki Webster. Again, a lot of thought. What have you got, Jamie? Celine Dion, because, you know, she's recently single. Are we still in the morning period? Uh, no, all right, carry on. Hopefully it's not too soon. No. And Slash. Celine Dion and Slash is fantastic. Yes. What have you got, Troy? Like Carl Stefanovic and Jan Event. I reckon that'd be pretty Vascus. Vascus like the Miz. They could sit around and talk about each other's hair products. I reckon. Jaden, what have you got? Pauline Hanson and Anthony Mundine. <laughs> That's fantastic. There's so much beauty in the world. Sometimes, Jaden, it feels like my heart's going to explode. What have you got, Andrew? Okay, how about Keith Richards? Yes. And Nicole Kidman. <laughs> It's like a really bad horror movie mixed in with a rom-com. <laughs> yeah, Travis. All right, I have the perfect pairing for you, my friend. Yep. Caitlyn Jenner. Right. And Ugly Phil. Have you ever seen Caitlyn Jenner and me in the same room at the same time? <laughs> Simon, what are you going to give us? Yeah, mate, i got one for you. It's a weird one. Yes. Peter Garrett, Enviro Warrior. Yeah. And Gina Reinhardt. Peter and Gina. It even rhymes. Oh, isn't that wrong? Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> I don't want to think about them naked, though. <laughs> what do you got for me, Richard? Okay, the best match I could come up with, Angus Young from ACDC and Margaret Thatcher. I've got a banana that's about two weeks old sitting on my desk that would look a bit like their child. God, that'd be scary. Gazzo here with the Goss, mate. I can't believe it. Now, Glenn Frey from uh, the Eagles. It's another day, another rocker. You know, if you were over 65 and a rock legend right now, you'd be quaking in your boots, wouldn't you? Yeah. I was saying to somebody, I wonder what that equates to, in fact, where, you know, you've got that sort of period 65 to 70 where they must have partied in their youth. Hey, it's Dolly Parton's 70th birthday today. Bit of nine to five action. Or we could do a rendition of Islands in the Stream. You could be Kenny Rogers. Or actually, no, you should be Dolly Parton. I'll be Kenny. Now, on the subject of mm. people who've passed, David yes. Bowie, there was a yes. big tribute with Arcade Fire on the streets of New Orleans. Yeah, um, well, of course, they've collaborated with him before and it definitely looks like it was a lot of fun. Uh, everybody came out in their best Bowie get-up. They held their Pretty Things parade, of course. And, uh, yeah, there's some great footage online, actually, showing them uh, just having a really great time. They're all singing uh, David Bowie songs. Here's a bit of footage of it now. <laughs> 
There you go, Arcade Fire, who collaborated with Bowie. You mm. were saying to me a moment ago that one of your favourite uh, Bowie collaborations was with Placebo. Without you, I'm nothing. When I was working in re- London radio, that was at, like a on high rotation, and it used to send chills down my spine every time they played it. And now from New York City, dog man extraordinaire, Peter Kane. My name's Peter Kane. I'm a dog trainer. Peter's very talented with a leash. He's the best handler I've ever seen with dogs. Hey, Peter, how are you? Welcome to the Rubber Room. I'm doing real good, Phil. It's great to talk to you. And we've got some people on the phone that have questions about their dogs. Uh, one in particular, it's a pug with an erection issue. You're a guy who I like to call the Hunter S. Thompson of dog whisperers. Don't use that dog whisper term. You know I hate that. Oh, yeah, I'm that, sorry. That, that, nothing like Caesar Milan. I condition dogs with obedience commands. I'm nothing like this guy. He doesn't use obedience commands. He's just a dominant freak. That's all he is. He's about being dominant with the dog. Right. I use commands, sit, stay down, woe, here, heal, kennel. But I, I understand what you're saying, and that's a compliment. Thank you. Well, you know, he's never had a pigeon as a partner, right? No, he hasn't. And my pigeon, Remy, is sitting right here, right beside me. How many animals have you got in that house? It depends from... You know, week to week, I have three board and train clients. You know, I have my own dogs, and I have quite a few birds. I have six birds. I have a raven and some pigeons and a parrot or two. Is it a bit like the scene from Ace Ventura when the landlord wants to come in and they all scurry away, and then you go, Come to me, my beauties! It's something like that. It's it's very similar. It's People come over here and think it's a weird-looking place and everything, because not only am I, I, I work with dogs and, and animals, but I'm an artist, too. Hang on, I better play this because he's about to talk about dogs with erections. The following program contains language and subject matter that is adult in nature. Discretion is advised. Right, good. Okay, carry on. All right, Vlad, you're on with Peter Kane. What have you got, mate? What's going on? Uh, we've got a three-year-old pedigree pug, a bit of a baby pug. He's been to school when he was young. And, you know, he's learned to sit down and shake hands, but he's pretty much full on, as in chaos. Probably the slimmest pug I've ever seen, and he's fairly tall and all, you know, he's got real good bone structure, you know, we're looking after his weight. Flat, if I can just cut to the chase, there's there's a problem with the erection, is that right? Yes, well, yeah, yeah, it seems to be meal time around five o'clock, and then soon after, yeah, he just gets, you know, erection and he's... And it all comes out. That's simple. Vlad, get him some bitches. Get him a bitch or two. He needs to get laid, it sounds like. All kidding aside, is your dog fixed? Is, is your dog neutered? Yes. That's sort of unusual. You might want to do a checkup with the doctor and everything. Is he humping things? Is that what he's doing? Yes, he's hump, trying to hump the other dog. Okay, well, listen, put a leash on the dog, and when he starts doing this... You're going to start correcting the dog and tell them no. Don't sit there like a bump on a log. When the dog is doing this, it's being dominant. That's a dominant act. Yes. It's not a sexual act. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, yeah, it is. so keep that in mind. If you training is the lifetime of your dog, Vlad. So if you continue training and keep the dog off the bed, you keep the dog's status in the proper position. Meaning, if you let the dog on the bed, does your dog go on the bed? He does. Well, there you go. You're going to have problems with your dog for the rest of the life of your dog keep it off the bed keep it off of furniture and when it starts humping the other dog put a leash on the dog and tell it no since your dog is young even with an old dog 
You can have the dog drag a leash around the house, and if you're having problems with the dog, pick the leash up so the dog starts seeing that you're going to respond. Are you making out with your missus while the dog is on the bed? Maybe it's replicating what it's seeing. (laughs) I've got a high sex drive. So it's you. You're the one giving the dog the bone. You're turning the dog into a pervert. (laughs) If you're going to bone the wife, put the dog in the bathroom. A dog watching you. It's horrible. All right, Yobi, what's going on? Um, so I've got an American Staffy who's the friendliest dog ever, but because of the, the size of him, a lot of people are, I guess, a bit apprehensive about interacting with him, and especially with smaller dogs, he gets super excited, and any time we see a dog, like, walking down the street, he'll want to run over and sometimes, like, bowl me over trying to get to the other dog to say hello and, and have a play. So I guess just how do we minimize him rushing to other well, people? Vlad, the first thing that you need to do is stop walking your dog over to strange dogs. Your dog doesn't need to be friends with these dogs. It doesn't. That's not really socializing the dog. You're training the dog so that when it sees other dogs, it responds like that. Make sure the dog is on a leash. And when your dog starts responding, when it sees the other dog, Go in the opposite direction. By you walking in the opposite direction with the dog, you're telling the dog to leave that other dog alone. That's what you want. When the dog turns its head, it will too. It'll turn its head around looking at that other dog. That's the point of correction. When you give the dog a correction and say no and keep walking in the other direction. But don't walk your dog over to strange dogs. That'll just make matters worse because you're giving the dog what it wants. You're giving the dog positive reinforcement and that's not helpful. The way you want to socialize a dog is to have your dog calm around other dogs. Anytime that the dog is excited like that, it's no go. Get the dog out of the situation and understand this, heel is on one side and one side only. So you pick right or left and it can only be on that side and it must be even with your leg. Yeah, perfect sense. What about if the other dog owner is hot? <laughs> There's a lot of hot women out there. Plenty of dogs in the ocean, is that what you're saying? Exactly. Right. Don't screw up your dog's behavior, try and get laid or whatever. It's not It's not worth it. It really isn't worth really? it. Really? I don't know if Yovi or I like it that. It isn't. You know, you don't have to, like, screw up your dog's behavior. Is there an exception to this rule ever? If it's Olivia Newton-John. I think your dog's safe, Yovi. No worries. So where do people find you on this YouTube channel? Just uh, type in Peter Kane Dog Training on Facebook. You might be able to find me there by Peter Kane Dog Training. That's C-A-I-N-E. My website is readyourdog.com. All right, good to talk to you, man. I was helping the newsroom out today, helping them write news stories. Because I'm, uh, mul- yeah, I'm multitasking. Wow, okay. Yeah. Why do I find that hard to believe? No, Why do I feel like there's a punchline no, coming? No, there's no punchline. And I, but I incorporated in the headlines that I wrote for uh, the news uh, some lyrics to... Favourite Triple M songs. You ready? Okay, go on then. Bombshell allegations over betting-related corruption rocked the first day of the Australian Open. However, no players have found themselves behind the wheel of a large automobile or found themselves in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife. (laughs) Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull said today he'll use his political ad. (laughs) That was good. Well done, Phil. I don't know which one I can do next. I don't think they're going to let me do it next, but if they do, maybe I can fit some working-class man into the news. 
Guess I was here. Uh, the Legion Festival, well, not necessarily cancelled in the true sense of the word. Okay, so it's postponed. There's fans who have pledged their possible campaign and basically that money is going to be held over for next year. So they can't get it together this year. Well, not when they need 3.2 million and they had less than a week left and they only had 310,000, which yeah. <laughs> even by your housekeeping money wouldn't keep you in food. Yeah, that, yeah, that just wasn't going to happen in time. You know what? It seemed to me that there didn't seem to be a huge drive. I mean, if they could only get 312,000 and they needed 3 million, 3 yeah. point something yeah. million, what does that tell you about the market at the moment? I think people have been oversaturated with festivals and I think the letdown of the cancellation of festivals. I disagree. We spoke to John Sankey, so I think he's a lovely guy, but people didn't have enough belief that this was going to happen in the first place. I... This is my point exactly. No, you said there was oversaturation. I'm saying there's lack of market belief. Okay, all right. Come to the stock exchange with me. I'll show you how it works. Is Nickel back? <laughs> we'll use your money. Only if I can invest in nickel because it's back. I haven't heard you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Damien. G'day, Uncle Phil. How are you? What's going on? G'day, you mentioned the rubber room. Rip ugly Phil. Oh, somebody sent me a little um, rubber room thing the other day on Facebook. I'll do it for you. You mentioned the ugly Phil on the rubber room. Have you ever heard of Phone Box Boy? Yeah. Because you sound a bit like him. You haven't got a squeaky toy, have you? No. Yeah, we definitely need to keep you. Hang on, I'll put you back to Sammy X. Okay, here's that thing, and I'll, I'll do this unrehearsed. It may not even work. Martin Odgers always sends me little crazy things to the Rubber Room Facebook page, little jingly things, and uh, here's one. Let's see if I can play this for, for you right now, uh, and maybe it'll work. Or oh, Yeah, I think it's going to work. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have done. You are oh. listening to The Rubber Room with ugly Phil O'Neill. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Other people would probably call the cops if they had that on their Facebook page. <laughs> that was a bit scary, wasn't it? Sammy X, how are you going trying to get hold of Albie Mangles? Um, it's not going fantastically oh. so far. Okay. But. Pe- yes. No, I don't have an end to that sentence. Okay, just a butt there. Just let that hang in the air. Uh, so we asked you yesterday which uh, person whose name we haven't heard from in ages should we try and get hold of? And everybody wanted Albie Mangles. You got till Friday, so you've still got a few more days. Yeah, exactly. Further to that, and I know this may be a bit of a hard question, but could you get me a phone call with the astronauts on the International Space Station, please? <laughs> okay. Yeah, sure, no problem. Thank yeah, you. of course. It's just I was watching Late Night with Colbert last night, and apparently one of the guys that's on there, this astronaut, is doing a lot of stuff, a lot of social stuff, social media, and it's taking phone calls up there. I well, he spoke to, you know, Colbert. And it'd be great if you could get the International Space Station on the phone and I have a chat with the astronaut, because that'll get us some press. Yeah, that would be really cool. And then we could, like, hang out with him when he comes back to Earth. And hey! we can just, like, just, oh. like... No, no. What, 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 what? Live broadcast from the International Space Station. We go up there. We can do an outside broadcast. Hey, you can get more outside than that. And I know it sounds crazy, but you know what? It might not be impossible, and I'll tell you why. Once when uh, NASA got that r- rover, uh, the rover on Mars, um, and it was a big story, uh, I rang NASA, and they answered the phone, and they spoke to me. Seriously. Hi, you've reached the NASA newsroom. NASA Newsroom. Uh, yes, my name's Phil. I'm calling you from Australia. How are you? Just fine, thank you. I'm just wondering how the rover landing went for you. It uh, went very successful. It, it went very well. We are safe on Mars. 
Wow. And so what's going on? What's the rover doing now? Are you getting pictures back? Yes, we've gotten the first thumbnails. Uh, the moment that it touched down, we had an orbiter going overhead over the rover. Uh, that was Mars Odyssey. Yep. Curiosity immediately snapped a couple of photographs just to show that it was safe on the ground. Those were fed to Odyssey, and those thumbnails have been fed back. And what does it look like? What sort of things are you looking at on the surface of Mars? Well, at the moment, there are these engineering cameras that are on the bottom and the front of the, of the Curiosity rover, and they still have a lens cap on them. But in one of the images, you can see a wheel, uh, and in another image, you can see the shadow of Curiosity uh, on the surface of Mars. So there you go. You can just talk to NASA if you want. So really, you're not going to have a problem finding me the phone number of the International Space Station? No, that should be fine. Fantastic. Good. So Daniel just phoned with the phone number for the International Space Station. Who's Daniel? Daniel, the guy, the listener that just called. Oh, our listeners have got the phone number for the International Space Station. Yeah, of course they do. Well, why I, wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? All right, I'll give it a call after this. So let me get this right, Sammy X. Uh, Daniel, who was a listener, rang up. We talked about trying to get hold of the International Space Station, and he has the phone number. Yeah, he just happens to have it in his uh, phone. <laughs> And uh, any reason? Well, there's so many questions. They're probably all pointless. Should we give it a try? I yeah, wanna, go on. I yeah. want to speak to the International Space Station. I want us to do an outside broadcast from above Earth because that will definitely get publicity. Oh, it's ringing. That's a good start. Wait. Oh, yeah. Hello. Hi. Hi. This is Triple M Australia Earth calling the space station. Is that the International Space Station? Are you, an, are you an astronaut? Are you the International Space Station? What was that? I don't think that was them. Was that even a language? <laughs> I don't know. Was that, was that, was that ch- ch- like the, the, the Chewbacca thingy, one of them little things? <laughs> I have no idea. Like, you know that bar that they go to when they're on, like, Star Wars in the first film? And there's, like, all those people walking around and they go, like that? I don't know, I've not seen that film, but it sounds amazing. It's the bar in Star Wars and they have all these creatures and they speak languages. And is, it's maybe is this it was... a dream. No, it happened, man, honestly. Now this news out of Mexico, where they've stepped up their war on drugs and they've just burnt twenty tons of illegal narcotics just up in smoke at the border city of Tijuana. All sorts of stuff they incinerated, cocaine, heroin, methamphetamine, opium and marijuana as well. In fact, more than 19 tonnes of marijuana was destroyed after the drug smugglers were caught trying to bring over 2,500 pounds of marijuana wrapped to look like carrots across the US-Mexico border. You got anything to declare there? (laughs) No, it's just cowards, you wascally wabbit. What do you think it is? But anyway, so when they burn this stuff, I've often wondered, it's a Bugs Bunny impersonation. Why are you looking at me like that? (laughs) Waskily Wabbit! It's cowards, you Waskily Wabbit! It's obviously... I, yeah, but what's that got to do with anything? Okay, because they brought them in as carrots. So anyway, I've often wondered what the case would be when they, like, burn the marijuana. You've got to be standing, like, away from the wind, right? Otherwise you get horrendously stoned. What, for example, would be the case if you were a news journalist or a news reporter reporting on all this marijuana going up in smoke? And so, after weeks of painstakingly searching this rugged area the size of Wales... Finally, some kind of reward, as behind me the soldiers gather and burn huge piles of coca leaves and marijuana. The drug barons themselves, A, have escaped the net this time, and 
Behind me, soldiers burning drugs. There, soldiers. Behind me, behind me, soldiers. <laughs> Rugged soldiers, painstakingly. Behind me, painstaking barons, burningly drug soldiers in huge piles of whale nets. <laughs> Alright, that's the one, Jerry. Hey, let's go for a curry. Alright, so here's what I don't like about TV news, in case you were interested. It really is the epitome of dumbing down information, and I don't understand the reason behind that. Maybe because the dumber the news, the dumber the viewers, and as a consequence, they won't realise they're being fed a diet of cooking shows and people painting walls. So that's one thing, but the other thing is you can never tell whether it's a news story or it's a sort of cleverly disguised infomercial for something. You watch it and you go, hang on a second, am I watching an ad? And the third thing that annoys me the most is the necessity to throw a pun into the news. It's almost like, well, we can't run this story unless we can find a pun, a funny pun to go with it. And it's not just here in Australia, it's worldwide. Take, for example, uh, this is only the last couple of days, the Republican candidate uh, in the American presidential elections, a guy called Ted Cruz, was involved in the debate, the Republican debate with Donald Trump. So there's your bit right there. Cruz held his own, and he is a master debater. Cruz is a master debater, let's just be honest, right? He, of course, is a master debater. This is something he's done for many, many years. But this ain't a new thing. It's like they're the only ones that ever come up with this really clever phrase, like this. One direction will ultimately go in different directions. One direction may be headed in different directions. Is one direction going in different directions? One direction going in different directions? One direction heading in different directions? Wow. One direction apparently going in different directions. They're going in their different in different directions. One direction may be headed in different directions. One direction will be going in different directions. One direction is going in may say a uh, different direction. One direction ought to go their separate ways in several different directions. Well thank you very much. And can you remember when Prince Harry was involved in that uh, incident in Las Vegas where he was photographed and he didn't have his trousers on? Can you imagine the news guys going in there and going, hang on a second, I know how we can present this story. The royal family is learning the hard way that what happens in Vegas for them doesn't stay in Vegas. Prince Harry is finding out that what happens in Vegas doesn't stay in Vegas. They say what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, but not, it seems, if you're Prince Harry. <laughs> what happens in Vegas apparently is not staying in Vegas. What happens in Vegas does not stay in Vegas. What happens in Vegas doesn't necessarily stay in Vegas. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, unless, of course, you're Prince Harry. Apparently what happens in Vegas doesn't always stay in Vegas. Now, it is an age-old saying that what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Unfortunately for Prince Harry, it hasn't. Really? Just report the bloody news. That's all we want. So tomorrow, we've got a rubber band. Boy and Bear coming in to play live tomorrow night. I'm looking forward to that. Is tomorrow night, is it? That's tomorrow night, yeah. Uh, maybe Albie Mangles on the phone? No, that's Friday. <laughs> right, okay. What about the International Space Station? Can we do an outside broadcast? <laughs> I'm working very hard on that. Well, I'll find out tomorrow. We may find this a bit disturbing. He held me. Go! Oh! Triple M, the rubber room.